Please be seated. And good morning, all souls. If you came to church today looking for Jesus, the Jesus that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, the Jesus that performed miracles and healed the sick, if you came today looking for Jesus that we sing about at Christmas time, the Prince of Peace, the one who brings joy to the world, well, I've got some bad news for you today. You've come to church on the wrong Sunday. <clears throat> today in our lectionary, we have uh, Jesus presented in the Gospel of Luke, and he's bringing us some really bad news, which is kind of shocking. Just take a look at this Gospel with me one more time. Jesus says, Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the world? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. This is not the Jesus that you want to come to for family therapy. <laughs> we are faced today with a passage from the gospel that people often don't really like to quote. This isn't the verse that you're going to see stitched in needlepoint on one of our kneelers or written in nice cursive above people's fireplaces. People don't talk about this passage very much. Preachers don't really like to preach about it. And I think I know why. It's fairly obvious. This is a really hard teaching. This is a really difficult passage. And I think part of it is because it involves division in families. And if you have ever had a division in your family, or if you've ever watched a close friend struggle with family division, then you just know how painful that can be. Heartbreak and pain and isolation, feelings of betrayal, loss, anger. Jesus brings all of that to light this morning. He puts his finger right on that sensitive subject. And it's triggering for us. It's shocking. I think another reason people don't talk about this passage very much is because it, it contradicts so much about what we want to believe about Jesus. We want that Jesus who bestows grace, the Jesus who loves us, the Jesus who heals the sick, the Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd. We want that Jesus. But this division, pain, fire, no thank you. But rather than avoiding the elephant in the room, rather than simply dodging this passage and preaching on the Old Testament or the Psalm, I want to dig into this gospel from Luke today. And maybe if we take a second look, a longer look, we might find that this text from Luke isn't as dark and foreboding as we think, at least not for those looking forward to resurrection and new life. There are a few details about this passage that I want to point out right at the beginning. And the first has to do with Jesus' mood. At the beginning of this dialogue this morning, Jesus is anxious. Jesus says, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized and what stress I am under until it is completed. Jesus is stressed. 
It is in times like these when we see a very human quality of Jesus emerge. The human nature of Jesus emerges in passages like this. And we can see clearly today the weight of his mission, the weight of his identity, the weight of his road to Jerusalem hanging heavy on him this morning. And it has been hanging on him for quite a while. If we look back at the beginning of Luke's gospel, all the way back to chapter 2, we see that Jesus take on this, takes on this mantle of Savior, of Messiah, all the way back at the beginning of this gospel. You might remember Jesus standing up to read in his hometown synagogue, and there he reads a prophecy of Isaiah, part of the prophecy of Isaiah. Jesus reads in front of his hometown, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Just after reading that, he says to those gathered there, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So it was there. Then and there, all the way back in chapter 2, Jesus took on this mission, this identity, this pressure. And for many months now, Jesus has been feeling it build and build. The stress of completing the work that he has set out to do, that he said he would do. He has been walking for weeks. He knows that people are hungry, that people are sick. They are desperate. And he knows that in order to bring about justice, he will have to see his baptism through to completion. He will have to walk all the way to the cross. He will have to walk through fire. Jesus is stressed out this morning. I want to talk about that fire, though. Fire in Scripture can mean a bunch of different things. And what often comes to mind first when we think about fire in the Bible is destruction and punishment and annihilation. A few chapters back in the Gospel of Luke, we saw the brother disciples, James and John, call for such fire to be called down on the community in Samaria. You might remember this this command, this question that they asked Jesus, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? It is important to remember that Jesus rebuked James and John for making such a suggestion. So while we have this destructive fire, this annihilating fire, the punishing fire, there's also another type of fire that's referenced really frequently in the, in the, in the scriptures, and that is the refiner's fire. And this is the fire that I believe Jesus is referencing today in this passage. You see, the, fire, the refiner's fire is used for working with metal, for copper and gold and silver. But in the time of Jesus and still today, a refiner's fire is brought to such a high temperature that when certain metals are placed inside, impurities rise to the top and they are removed. After going through a refiner's fire, the metal is presented as it was intended to be, pure, and in a place where it can be used properly. And so this refiner's fire is what Jesus is referencing today in this passage. And I think if we understand this refiner's fire, then we start to crack the hard shell of this gospel passage. You see, going through the refiner's fire is not easy. It's not fun. 
Yet sometimes we as individuals or institutions even cannot reach our intended purposes, our true callings, our true vocations, our intended purpose as deemed by our creator without the heat and stress of refining fire. Sometimes it takes a tremendous temperature and flame to remove us from things that perhaps we love, things that we love dearly, but which do not serve us well or the people around us well. Sometimes refining fire is the only thing that can save us. But while this fire can save us, the results of being restored can be jarring infuriating and painful for those who refuse to go through the flames with us. I want to share a brief story to illustrate this. A few weeks ago, I served as a chaperone for our youth as they served for a week in Charleston with Charleston Youth Mission Company. It was an amazing week. We worked really hard. We had a lot of fun. And on our second full day in Charleston... We worked with a nonprofit called Community Together. This is a nonprofit that helps the impoverished communities of North Charleston with everything from food, clothing, and housing. And on that morning, our group was paired up with another church, another youth group. And our youth mingled with theirs, and there was laughter, and there were kids being kids, and, and they worked really well together. But then it came up amongst them as they continued to talk that the other church group belonged to Anglican churches in Charleston that had formerly been Episcopal churches. Now, for those of you who may not know, a couple of historical churches built in the 17th century left the Episcopal church in the early 2000s over issues of gay marriage and women's ordination, and millions upon millions of dollars were spent in legal fees those years. The congregations themselves were torn in two. They were bitter feelings. Family members were turned against one another. Friends no longer spoke to friends. The Episcopal Church went into the refiner's fire those years. And in some ways, we might still be there. We went through the refiner's fire. And in doing so, we severed ties with a system of beliefs that held us back from truly embodying God's beloved community. In that process, we lost something of ourselves. No doubt, even if what we lost might we deem a, a healthy loss, there is still a deep sadness in parting with our history. It is painful to go through the fire. And I saw that pain, that confusion, as our kids wrestled with the, their counterparts that day. And they asked us really interesting questions. Weren't we also Anglican? Weren't, weren't they Episcopalian? We use the same hymnals. We say the same prayers. Why weren't they Episcopalian too? And I hear the words of Jesus. Five in one household was divided. Three against two. Two against three. I guess what I'm trying to say through this story is that the division is real. The pain is real. I saw children turned in confusion against children. The division is real. Brother against brother, sister against sister. It has happened. It will continue to happen. But the fire remains. And what emerged from our stint in that refiner's fire, those lawsuits, 
the split congregations, what emerged was a people of God, a church, a part of the body of Christ that recognized what the fire was for and was willing to go through it anyways. And I know that we are better, more clear in our stances and theology now because of it, more willing to love boldly and proudly despite it. Friends, do I think that Jesus' mission on earth was to bring division among us, to divide households, to separate families? Given the full trajectory of his life and the sum of his teachings, I don't think so. However, did Jesus, with every fiber of his being, want to dismantle and destroy structures and institutions and systems of belief which hold people in bondage? Did he want to destroy those structures which persecute people on the margins? Absolutely. His tool of choice was the refiner's fire, a fire kindled not for destruction or annihilation, but rather a fire kindled, burning white hot with divine love so that we, like copper and gold and silver, that we might find our impurities lifted from us, our vocations and our passions and theology clarified, and our hearts clean, ready to be the beloved community that God intends us to be. Amen.